everybody welcome to the cozy rainbow podcast my name is tammy but my students know me as miss tammy my name is joe and i'm having a nice day he ha on today's episode of the cozy rainbow podcast we are talking about the amazing world of snow we're going to be talking about the science of snowflakes the snowiest place on earth snow animals and more first we're going to start with some trivia questions we will reveal the correct answers to the trivia questions at the end of the episode, and we're going to test Joe's knowledge. So, Joe, number one, what shape do water molecules form to make ice crystals? Is it A, hexagon, B, pentagon, C, octagon, or D, triangle? So, you know, chemically, the most stable shape that uh, any... A triangle is the most stable shape. No. Not chemically. Physically. Physically. Triangle is the most stable shape, but chemically it's a hexagon. But chemically. Okay. So I'm going to go with hexagon. Well, water is not very stable. It It is. Water is incredibly stable. Well, we're talking. Chemically. Okay. Okay, Mr. Chemist. So your answer is A, hexagon. Yeah. Number two. What, uh, oh, <clears throat> Number two, what do animals that live in snowy climates all have in common? Okay, ready? Number A, they bathe in hot springs. <laughs> B, they're prehistoric. <laughs> C, they're good swimmers. <laughs> or D, they have warm, thick fur. Uh, I'm going to go with they have warm, thick fur. <laughs> okay. And number three, true or false, the snowiest city in the world is in Russia. Hmm. The snowiest city in the world? Actually, I'll do you one better, Joe. Where? What country in the entire world do you think is the snow has the snowiest city? We're well, going to be here for ten hours well, now while Joe thinks about this. No, it's between one of like four places. Okay. Right? Like. Where are your four guesses? Russia. Russia. Greenland. Greenland. Uh, Canada. Canada. Specifically, Alaska. Not the whole U.S., so, just Alaska. <laughs> like, Alaska's not a country, Joe. It's not a country, but, like, it's not... It's... Technically, it counts... It might as well count with Canada, but it's also a part of the U.S. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. I hate Napoleon. Why did he do this to us? Dang it, Napoleon. All right, we're going to get into the answers of these trivia questions and more right after this short break. snow it's like nature's confetti turning the world into a sparkling playground in this episode we're going to be talking about the frosty world of snowflakes uncovering secrets of how snow forms and we're going to hop skip and jump into the excitement of snow sports and activities oh my gosh sports okay a real a real uh a real tour de force of uh things that i know nothing about because I, I live in the desert we both live in the desert yeah. i did live in a snowy climate for half i haven't a, half a decade <laughs> okay. I, I haven't i know it snowed here like twice the science of snowflakes so imagine this when the air gets really cold 
tiny droplets of water from the sky freeze into ice crystals. These crystals twirl and swirl in the chilly air, joining together to form beautiful shapes that we know as snowflakes. It's like a magical dance in the frosty sky. And guess what, Joe? No two snowflakes are the same. You're an awfully prosy mood. You're in an awfully prosy mood today, aren't you? What can I say? Snow is just magical and fantastical like that. And not annoying because we don't live in a snowy climate. Yeah, so true. Oh my gosh. That's listen, I, I'm gonna look today I'm looking at snow with a lens of admiration. Okay. Snow is good. And no two snowflakes are the same. How special. The way but that I know that I know what? I know that you'd make me shovel your driveway if it actually did snow. I would hope that you would volunteer. So the way that snowflakes look depend on how cold it is, how much moisture is in the air, and that because of these factors that makes each snowflake a special and unique little piece of art so one art project that they do in schools a lot is you know cutting out a snowflake because no two snowflakes are alike and i'm sure there's a lot of really inspirational quotes about that sorry i'm thinking about the snow the snow crystals now because i'm looking at a picture of snow crystals very beautiful they're so sparkly okay Snowflakes are like frozen pieces of nature's artwork, and when they all come together in a snowstorm, it can be really beautiful, like a, uh, well, beautiful and scary and cold and chilly. Actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. Remember when I said, I was like, I'm going to have a positive outlook on snow, and I'm, I'm struggling already, even you- just saying that the, the snow storm looks uh, beautiful. I mean, it is cool. It is really cool. Like, okay, you know what? Snow, when it's falling, you know the Star Wars introduction with the words yeah. like flying across the screen. And then there's like those little white dots and it kind of is like you're flying through space. So that's what it's like when you're driving in snow. There's like little snowflakes and they look like you're flying through space, which is kind of scary when you're just driving on ice. I'll say sans the uh, getting snowed in and ice on the road part. You definitely prefer a blizzard to a heat wave. Me? Yeah. You hate the heat. Um. You despise the heat. Every second of your existence you like is it? dedicated to. Yes, I do. You, I okay. I don't know where you're getting this from. I don't hate it when it's hot outside. Do I prefer a more moderate? No, I don't like it. I don't like it when it's 120 degrees outside. Do you like it? I don't think that's good. I think that's indicative of global warming. 120 is a bit extreme, but like... Yeah. Just over 100? Dare I say... Yeah, over... No, 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 no. Like 101, sure. 102, sure. 103, even... I mean, that's a lot. But if we're pushing 105, no dice. That's not... Nobody's going outside. I'll take it to 110, baby. You take it to 110. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, you sound like me... And if it's an inch below 60, I'm staying inside. If it's an inch below, what? what? If it's a degree below 60, <laughs> I'm staying inside. A degree below, that was today. Yeah, I stayed inside. For most of the day today. It's cold. It's cold outside. Yeah, true. I wonder if there's places in the world, this might sound so funny to say. Listeners, if you're listening and this is your place, let us know. But are there places in the world where it's snowy on Christmas every year? Yes. 
presumably in the your alleged snowiest city in the you world. You would think. Okay, yeah. I mean, well, let's get on with it then. Okay, so we're going to talk about the journey from sky to ground. A snowflake is made of frozen water, which is made of two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. H2O. Dihydrogen monoxide. Huh? Di. Why have I heard that before? Hydrogen monoxide. Oh, two hydrogen, one. Okay. Yeah. What? Say it again slower. Dihydrogen monoxide. Dihydrogen monoxide. Is that another word for water then? Yes. Really? It's a big scary chemistry word that people like to pull out and it's like, have you ever drank dihydrogen monoxide it's colorless odorless tasteless you might not even know you've you've had it in your life isn't that scary and it's like oh actually it's water right ah. mm-hmm. okay. what, what jovial fun <laughs> tee hoo hoo okay so breaking, ho, ho, ho. breaking that word down dihydrogen di means two kind of like dice hydrogen yeah. is water hydro and then monoxide we have mono like um like one mono mo, yeah mono means one but as I'm, in monocle as in mo, oh monocle yes is in the monopoly man he does wait does he have a monocle? no does he does he not <laughs> or like mono uh what tell me why why is the first example coming to my head monotheism that means a religion where, where you only believe in one god monotheism well we've just gotten through a very a very spiritually significant uh, episode for you in deja vu so <laughs> um no oh my god this is gonna bother me oh monologue a monologue in theater is when one person is speaking for a long time okay so there you have oh mono and then oxide oxide you say oxide yeah oxide you say which is to say oxygen great one oxygen so hydrogen one oxygen h2o water water molecules look like a v and when they freeze together they make a hexagon shape wow do you know how many sides a hexagon has, Joe? Uh, 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 six. Oh, man, I really, I don't know what. <laughs> I thought you might forget for a second. You know, a lot of kids forget. Yeah. A lot of my students forget how many sides a hexagon. Hex, you can remember six because it's like. Because they both have an X in it. What? Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that, actually. I was going to... I was thinking, like, hex, like, I'm going to put a hex on you. Like, a witch will put a hex on you. And then witches, like, you know, people people say that, yeah. What do witches have to do with the number six? What do witches... Because of 666. It's, like, the evil... An evil... But it's it's not an evil number. It's some really... Pe- it's some really... people say it's an angel number. But if you've heard that before, but that's why I said I like your X thing better. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the witch thing's really... That's a really weird, obtuse connection to make to remember hex means six yeah well you just thought of a better one so you know the uh, real the real killers is like what's a septagon what's a nonagon well nine a nonagon is nine yeah. and that's i mean that's close enough non nine yeah not nine and then a septagon yeah i don't know i just know that one is seven yeah <laughs> anyway anyway okay so water mo- molecules make a hexagon shape or no, 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 excuse me. Their water molecules form a V, and then the V, they all come together to make a hexagon shape. Hexagon has five sides. Um, this one's really hard to like impress upon you in like an audio format. Like if you see it, it makes sense. Sure. Like the oxygen connected to a hydrogen, and then the hydrogen 
is like grabbing on to the electrons of an oxygen, which has two more hydrogens that are poking. Like, it, it, there's a very particular set of angles, and they all attach to each other in a very aesthetically pleasing way. Crystals, yes. Crystals are very yeah. aesthetically pleasing, yeah. geometrically perfect. Okay. So, when more water molecules will join the snowflake, they will evenly add to that hexagon so the snowflake gets bigger, but it still keeps its six sides. And that's why snowflakes have six sides, everybody. Okay. Each snowflake has a very unique journey from the sky to the ground. You know, you can blow around in the wind and wind and whatnot, different conditions along the way. And that's why every snowflake looks different and special. They can range from prisons, prisms to needles to familiar lacy patterns, according to the National Weather Service. Joe, did you know that snowflakes fall at different speeds? I, well... That feels only natural. It but, feels only fair to assume. You know, at the same time, right? It's all just water. Like, why should they fall at different speeds? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I never really thought about it. Hmm. Well, some snowflakes, uh, most snowflakes, fall at a speed from one to four miles per hour. But the biggest, heaviest snowflakes can reach the up to... The biggest, heaviest snowflakes called hail. The biggest, bonkiest, heaviest snowflakes, yeah, maybe hail, can <laughs> reach speeds up to about nine miles per hour. I would actually like to know the highest speed of hail now. Hmm. I didn't think about that. Okay. Um, on average, a snowflake takes about one hour to gently float down from the ground. I mean, from the sky to the ground. And the overall average speed is about 1.5 miles per hour. Boy, oh I don't know boy. why I said that like a question. It is, it is the average is 1.5 miles per hour. Boy, oh boy, imagine that. And walking speed is about two miles per hour, I think, right? Yeah, sure. But it's a two to three miles per hour. So if you're just going on a walk, you're faster than a snowflake. Imagine, so take can you imagine that? that commute, right? Just one day, you're just like, all right, I think I'll, I'll just leave now. And then you just, you know, you just fall for like an hour. What do you, how do you uh, occupy yourself for like an hour of just falling? What? If you were the snowflake? At a gentle, at a gentle you know, one mile, one and a half, whatever you said, miles an hour. Well, I don't know. Maybe you could like link up with another snowflake, bulk up, and then f fall at nine miles per hour. Bulk, bulking up, yeah. Okay, now we're getting to the snowiest place on earth and how people manage to live there. So the snowiest city in the world is, oh, shoot. You, you know what? I should look up how to pronounce this one moment. So it's Russian. Aomori in Japan. Aomori, Japan. Huh. They get a lot of snow, about 26 feet every year. 26 feet, that's like two giraffes standing on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I... Oh, boy. I can't even imagine. So some parts of the cities are really high up in the Hakoda Mountains. And when you're high up like that, you get a lot of snow. And even though Amori has super snowy winters, almost 300,000 people live there and have to deal with all that snow. You would think 300,000 people isn't even enough to shovel all that snow. No, I'm just kidding. I guess it is. but 300,000 people signed up for this. They've lived here all their lives, and boy, oh boy, are they accustomed to the 
took <laughs> dealing with that. Jeez. Yeah, two giraffes standing on top of each other. I to be honest, I can't even really imagine. I don't know how tall. Well, I do know. I was gonna say I don't know how tall a giraffe is, but probably about thirteen feet tall. That's half of twenty six feet. I love math. That's too much. That's too much. So Japan is actually the snowiest country in the world. And more than half of the whole country turns into a snowy wonderland every winter. Okay. Yeah. So they wait. They probably don't. Do they celebrate Christmas in Japan? I mean, I'm sure some people do, well, but they, I don't know. They do, I, but it's I doubt it. Like, it's not like the big holiday like it is here. Uh, everybody, they they go out and they buy a bucket of KFC. That's their that's their Christmas tradition. What really? Yes. How do you know that? I don't know. I know it though. You can't just say things like that on, well, it's, on it's true. air. It's, it's true. true. Okay. It's true. KFC is the holiday the holiday thing. They have KFC in Japan. In Japan? Yeah. Should I do an episode on fried chicken? (gasps) Fried chicken around the world? Yeah, because I've had Japanese fried chicken. What? I'll shoot now. Now you're getting me Googling it. On Japanese fried chicken or? Oh, just KFC. Is there KFC in Japan? Yeah. Okay. Well, while he's looking that up, I will tell you listeners that the top. Okay. No, I'm I'm right. I'm right. Oh, you're right. KFC, Christmas, Japan. It all goes together. Wow. Wow. So they do. Yeah. Wow. If you're a listener in Japan, leave a comment. (laughs) Leave a comment and let us know. What do you do? You like the thighs at KFC or do you like the wings or the drumsticks? Do you get boneless? Do you get the chicken pot pie? Do they have chicken pot pie? Do they? Do you think they use different seasonings? I. If there's one thing I've learned from this episode, it's that I would like to visit Japan, probably in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) I see. Okay, so the top three snowiest cities um, where lots of people live are all in Japan. And because Japan has so many mountains and places with heavy snow, there's a lot of cool traditions related to snow. The snowiest part of Japan is Snow County or Yukiguni in Japanese. Y-U-K-I-G-U-N-I. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You speak Japanese. I, well, unfortunately. <laughs> I dabbled in it. Unfortunately, I'm familiar enough. Mm, okay. Japan has also marked some of the areas as heavy snowfall. Oh, excuse me. Japan has also marked some of the areas as heavy snowfall areas, and those areas will get special attention in the winter. Well, well good. good. Yeah, right? Good. They, no there's no snow drafts on the road. <laughs> So, in Japan, they have, like, s- some modifications that they make, like having a special door on the second floor of your house so you can leave when the snow's super deep. Oh, my gosh. They're like, <laughs> let's go upstairs. Like, my first floor is now my basement. I, well, you know, that's that's some forward thinking, right? Let's not even bother with shoveling. Let's just... Put a door on this second where, floor. Where are they going to shovel it? It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's what that's what living there for like generations on generations and dealing with that snowfall for generations on generations. That's generational wisdom right there. Yeah. Yeah. What I, what I would be afraid of is like falling through 
like you know like i imagine you have to wear like snowshoes that like kind of you have a, like a wider foot area yeah and what if you i don't know what if you st- like what's stopping you from falling through the snow i don't know snowshoes snow yeah exactly it just feels like a lot could go wrong but i guess it's very beautiful and sparkly probably and you know white christmas okay um yeah so japanese people to deal with this they also have to clean off snow from the trees brush off the snow from the roads and in some really snowy towns they have to say brush off the snow but like brush off the snow (laughs) no well there's things you can do like you can put like salt in the road to make it melt and have like snow snowmobiles not snowmobiles, but the things that push the... Yeah, they brush the snow off. I'm sure if we lived in a city where it snowed, we'd know the name for I can't, it. I'm like totally blinking on it right now. A snow... A snow plow. A snow plow. Okay. Um, yeah, they have special tunnels and covered sidewalks to get around in the winter. Oh, a covered sidewalk. That would be nice. Even in the summer, like just a shaded area is what we need here. It's like the opposite of the snow. Okay. And... They have, sometimes they use sprinklers with warm water to melt the snow and the ice on the roads. You think that sounds ridiculous? As, as a desert dweller, as this, a desert, all, this all agree. feels... I agree. I moved away from the snow. Fantastic. Fantastical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is about those snowy places uh, like Japan, they know how to handle it. They know how to keep things under control. Has established generational wisdom. Yes. Unlike here, it snowed like not even an inch, really. And all the schools and closed we all, down. Yeah, we had a snow day because nobody knew how to function. Yeah. So. You should have seen the incredibly sad snowmen. It was, Yeah. Yeah. It literally wasn't. Yeah. It, it, just, it was an embarrassment. Yeah. Okay. Here's a, re- a cool snowy fact from Japan. It's about the... Oh, jeez! It's about a monkey park, a Jigokudani. That sounds right. But go on. I think it, it sounds right too. J i g o k u d a n i. Yeah. Jigokudani Monkey Park. It's a place where snow covers the ground for almost one third of the year, and the park is famous for its snow monkeys, uh, who love to take hot spring baths. Here's a picture of them. That looks like a monkey. It's a monkey in a hot spring. Yeah. It's And he looks at peace. As things in hot springs tend to look. Hey, now. Things willingly in hot springs. Yeah, I was going to say. Going to say. Okay. Yes. And if you're interested, you can visit this monkey park any time of the year and watch these adorable little monkeys. The winter season in particular is extra special because that's when you can get all the amazing pictures of the monkeys enjoying their warm baths in the hot springs. Uh, The monkeys are very smart and we know monkeys to be very smart. We should do an episode about monkeys. Yeah, actually, well, you should. You are the monkey. You're very clever. No, 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 no. We're the older half of the family. We're the turkeys. They're the monkeys. Mm, the younger ones are the monkeys. I'm just a girl. I'm I, I'm a human. Do not deny your, your true self. No, I shall. Okay, these monkeys are clever. They picked up the habit of taking hot spring baths in naturally heated pools along the Yikoyu River. And people believe that the monkeys learn this by watching the locals do it. 
Well, yeah, I mean. And I think that sounds really cute and fun. I would love to see some monkeys taking a cute little hot spring bath. Well, I would do, you? Well, I don't or know. do you not care about this either? I don't know if I trust monkeys. But why? You're going to steal your banana? They steal a lot of stuff. They have thumbs to steal things with. I, I mm. just, yeah, what's it called when they can move their thumbs? Dogs can't. Monkeys can. I, the, 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 you know, the words people usually use is opposable thumb. Opposable. Yes. But I don't know if that's like. No, I think that is right. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Thank you. Okay, now we're going to talk about skiing and seafood fun in Japan. So we're, we're still on this Japan thing. We're like taking a little deep dive into Japan. Since it's the snowiest country in the year, we got to talk about it. Uh. During the winter, you can enjoy yummy seafood like scallops at the Furukawa Fish Market, but the real excitement happens on Mount Hakoda. It is a super popular area for skiing and snowboarding, and these people who go there, they love to explore the untouched snowy areas, fresh powder, if you will, and people say it's one of the best places in the world for winter fun. But I swear to God, any place that snows a lot, I feel like... Every, anybody who skis is like, oh, this is the best place ever. Any place. I mean, well, snow. sure, but. But maybe Mount Hakoda. I mean, I think, you know what, though? Facts. Like, it's in the snowiest country. So, yeah, maybe this will be on the bucket list. Okay. Mount Hakoda has something called snow monsters. They have something called snow monsters. Hey, Tammy, what is a snow monster? I was hoping you would say something about Bigfoot, but oh. no. It's a giant fir tree that's covered in snow, and they just look really big and scary. Um, they look very monster-like in January and February, but you can still see the snow there until May. Every single time we talk about the snow, something even more ridiculous just happens. Here are some animals that live in snow. Starting off, we have polar bears. Polar bears are incredible animals that are built for tough conditions in the Arctic. They are the biggest land predators globally and are considered the kings of the snowy animals. Kings and queens. Royalty. Snowy animal royalty. Thanks to their thick fur coats, and they stay warm in the freezing temperatures. Next up, we have Arctic foxes. Arctic foxes are the ultimate survivors. They live in some of the toughest places on Earth, and they've adapted in many amazing ways. These creatures are great climbers and hunters. They have adapted super thick fur to keep them warm in the harsh winter when temperatures can drop to negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, finally, we have, we, have, uh, we have one for Tammy. Yeah, I'm sh I'm shocked again. The f their their fur is so good at keeping them. Oh, they can. Arctic foxes can stay warm in temperatures as low as negative 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, uh, I mean, well, shoot. I mean, it gets that cold. What is that? 84 degrees Celsius. Thank you for the conversion. Eight, wait. 84 degrees Negative Celsius. 84? Negative 84 degrees Negative. Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> Negative 84 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Okay, next we have the Arctic owl, also known as the snowy owl. 
also known as oh yeah yeah no just those two that's what they're known as is a majestic bird adapted to hunt in the snowy tundras of the far north its snowy white feathers act like camouflage so it can blend in with the surroundings and sneak up on prey with a wingspan of up to five feet that's taller than you no it is not the snowy owl that's is foot, that's a foot shorter than me snowy owl is an impressive sight while they're perched on an icy mountaintop or flying over the vast tundra they're one of the biggest owls and truly an amazing creature in the animal kingdom as the, as they tend to be those animals in the animal kingdom well they're all very amazing and it's important to learn about them so here we are next we have reindeer reindeer really popular i would say they're always still in the show when it comes to wintertime christmas creatures critters these animals are known for their big antlers and incre- these animals are known for sometimes having a and big they're, red they're nose glowing red nose no they're known <laughs> for their big antlers and incredible stamina for pulling santa's sleigh just kidding just the stamina uh well, i mean well how do you think the 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 how do you think the rain part of the reindeer got put on that? Oh, so true. It's for anybody listening. It's not like rain, like raindrops, like snowflakes come from. It's spelled with an E, R E I N. Yes, in like the reins of you're your, taking the reins. You know, you're, you're taking the reins of your horse, your reindeer. You might even be taking the reins of your life if you're deciding that it's time to get it together. The reins of your beast of burden of choice. Yes. Whether they're pulling Santa's sleigh or wandering the Arctic tundra, reindeer can easily travel long distances. No wonder they're linked with cheer- Christmas cheer and magic. There's something so enchanting about these beautiful creatures gracefully moving through the snow. Next we have Arctic wolves. Arctic wolves are also very true survivors in the coldest and toughest environments on Earth. They can handle temperatures as low as negative 76 degrees Fahrenheit. Beyond their tough exterior, Arctic wolves have a complex communication system. They can talk to each other using their howls across snowy landscapes, creating a communication network crucial for their survival. Oh. Next, we have emperor penguins, the biggest of all penguins. The emperor penguin is known for its strength and ability to survive in the cold weather and... A true survivor. Are you making fun of that I called two of the animal survivors? I mean, yeah. They're all survivors, no? They're all... They're all pretty good at surviving. Hey, you know what? You never know. A lot of animals didn't... Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but some animals go extinct, all right? And they they were not survivors, like the dodo bird. The emperor penguin has a thick layer of blubber it's kind of like a little little, uh, it's like their blubber keeps them warm like a like a cozy jacket in the super cold antarctic waters so the blubber helps them stay warm but then it's also kind of like a fat supply for when they go long time no eat and you can use their blubber reserves as energy Next, we have snowshoe hares. Very cute. These are the snow bunnies, snow bunnies of the wild. These little animals are very special because they have, uh, <clears throat> they can change the color of their fur. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say something about, you know, the snowshoe part. No. But they I wonder why it's called that. Maybe they have like fat little paws. <laughs> I would assume as much. Probably. Right? Yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah. They probably would have called them with like Arctic hair instead of like snow. Like they snowshoe seems like a very specifically chosen term, right? Oh, surely they have big feet, right? Yeah, well, their cool superpower is they the way they change their fur from brown to snowy white. They will stop producing as much pigment, melanin. They'll stop producing as much melanin so that they can turn white and blend in with the snow, and they can hide from their predators like coyotes. Coyotes? Coyotes. In the snow? If you will. Well... And listen, it could be in the. I'm not talking about coyotes. I just named them as a predator of the snowshoe hare. And the snowshoe hare obviously doesn't live in the snow all year. Otherwise, they would never have brown hair. So I don't know about that. But I if I was a snowshoe hare, I'd be worried about getting eaten by a coyote. I don't know about you. Wouldn't you be worried? Because if you. Well, sure. But I mean, I feel like the more realistic threat would be those Arctic wolves. Sure. Sure. Or even the Arctic fox with the huge wingspan. Yeah, that too. Those guys, those guys would get into your burrows. Yeah, and they've got the eye. You see, you, you see them like the bird's they, eye. They they bounce around and then they find their thing and then they jump and poof, head yeah. first right in the right in the snow. So this week's challenge, listeners, is to make a diagram of snowy animals and their food chain. Who eats who? Tell us who is eating the snowshoe hair for real. Because can't be coyotes. Okay. This is the last animal we're going to talk about. It's the mountain goat. Oh, wow. What? Huh? Mountain goats. They are really cool. What I think is cool about the mountain goat is that they can jump around. Jump around. Jump around. And as, they, goats, as goats are. Yeah. Sure in the goats. snow, though. I, they, the hooves. Their hooves are, are made for that stuff. They have short but sturdy hooves. And a great sense of balance and strong legs. Um, what's very interesting is that their feet have a tough outer layer that sheds in the summer, revealing sharper, grippier layers for the winter. So they literally grow winter shoes. Imagine if you could just grow. <laughs> Imagine if you grew like hair on your feet during winter so you would get less cold. What do you, you're like, imagine. I have socks. We have socks. I know, but like you don't have to buy socks. You're a mountain goat and you grow them on your own. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Next. Oh, you're considering it. And how does it make you feel? Well. How do you feel? Well, first off, I know that a lot of people are like, hair on the feet. Hair on the feet. But like. You feel good. You feel practical. I, sure, yeah. No, tell me how you feel. Yeah, no, I mean. Would you shave your foot? Well, sure. I mean, people's feet aren't exactly like. We already, we already like we get blisters in the summer and like, you know, cold. <gasps> I wonder if cavemen ever and... grew hairier feet. Whatever. We're going to move on to popular winter sports and activities. Okay, here we go. Number one, snowshoeing. 
<laughs> you mean hiking in the snow? Well, yeah. That's <laughs> you get to explore snow. I guess snowy I guess landscapes. Yeah, and you wear your lightweight snowshoes. Right. Yeah. And you can climb hills, and but you can like, go on walks. It's just kind of silly to. Be Not like, everybody's looking for an extreme snow sport. Like on its face, it's just kind of silly to be like, yeah, walking around in the snow is like its own unique like thing. But like it is, you know. Yes, it certainly is. You need the shoes it's way more likely that you'll fall over. I, maybe maybe for us in the desert. For anyone, unless you're a mountain goat or a snowshoe bunny. Sure, I guess. Okay, number two, cross-country skiing. You get to uh, experience the thrill of gliding through the trails on your skis and your poles. Great workout. And this is one that you can do solo or in a group cross-country skiing next we have one of my favorites this is what i like to watch at the olympics ice skating i really like their like when they wear cute ice skating outfits their little routines and it can be done indoors or outdoors on frozen lakes although i've seen tiktoks of people skating on the frozen lakes have you oh yeah and it just like makes you so nervous like it's cra- i've seen some lakes like on tiktok because I don't, I don't, we, we don't venture out into the snowy country, but, and it looks like it's just water, like clear water and they're skating on it and it's scary. You know, ice is made out of water. Yeah. But like, you don't want to fall. If you fall in, it's over. Well, it's not over, but I mean, God, let's not even talk about that. Next we have ice climbing. <laughs> so. The, oh boy. Oh boy. Ice oh climbing. Boy. What? Why do you say? Oh boy. I. <laughs> Ice climbing just seems so, like, you talk about, like, oh, skating around the frozen lake, I'm so scared. Like, what if you fall in, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, ice climbing, right? You just What you if just, you slip off? I you're think just I'll... walking around, like, and you see just a good old waterfall, and it's like, you know what, I think I'll climb that, and you go do it, and it's like, you know, what if you fall, right? What if you actually fall this time, right? Not, like, into, like, the water, right? Like, whatever. What if you fall off of a waterfall, right? That's high up. And yeah. you just got these these little hooks in your cleats, your and like picks. that's it. Yeah, right? you know it's yeah. it's a lot riskier than taking on frozen cliffs and waterfalls using specialized equipment. Yeah, it's adventurous, not for the faint of heart. It's spiky. Yeah, your picks are spiky, and your shoes are spiky, and your shoes are spiky. Lastly, we have snowmobiling. And your will, your will is spiky. Yes, your will is spiky. But for snowmobiling, you don't need necessarily need a spiky wheel. You just got to strap on your safety gear and then you can zoom through some mountain trails for an exciting ride. And uh, that if I had to pick one act, one of these snow activities, one of these walking. snow sports. No, I would choose snowmobiling. Why walk when you could when you could mobile? Oh boy. Of course. Either way, these are for all winter activities for all abilities, right? All yeah. all different levels of challenge. So if you ever find yourself in the snowy environment, you know, consider consider taking on one of those new activities. Okay, now lastly, so last part. This is a little bit less scientific. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about some fun snow activities for the entire family. If you're looking for a new snowy game to play this winter outdoors away from technology, away from the screens, consider trying out one of these games. Okay. First, we have uh, one, Snowman Building Bonanza. 
What's winter without a without building the coolest snowman on the block? Gather up your snow, roll it into big snowballs, stack them up, and decorate your frosty friend with scarves, hats, and funny faces. So just as opposed to boring faces. As opposed to boring faces, they're ones that are just serious. Um, and for it to be really fun, you know, you have to imagine your snowy little buddy with a personality. So and not a boring one. And not a boring, yeah, no boring. It's not a bonanza if it's boring. No snow salaryman allowed. <laughs> no, snow businessman. That's a personality trait. Yeah, but it's boring. No, but it would be funny if it was a snow businessman. Okay, next, you could build a snowy obstacle course. Turn your backyard into a snowy adventure land. Create tunnels, mounds, and little hills with the snow. And then you can challenge your friends to an exciting obstacle course. Crawling through the tunnels, over those snow mounds, and slide down those mini hills. You can make your very own snow ninja training ground. I'm trying to imagine this one, but I can't because we've only had an inch of snow in our whole lives. I know. <laughs> the Yeah, we would have to like, we could use like the little ice chips from our less than one inch of snow to like maybe form like hopscotch. Next, another snow activity that wouldn't work here in the desert, but it could be really fun for somebody else who's listening. A snowy treasure hunt. Hide small treasures or uh, yummy treats in the snow and let the treasure hunt begin. Follow the clues so you could write up some clues or use your snow sleuth skills to discover the hidden treasures. Create a winter quest for your friends and add a dash of excitement to your snowy day. That would be a really fun Christmas idea. It's like Easter except Christmas. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that would be fun to do with like a frozen like dessert, like cream puffs. You're going to bury a cream puff in the dirt? <laughs> and, I mean, the, the, in the snow. snow. In the, yeah, in my gir- two giraffes. That's like basically the world is your free, the, yeah, the outdoor, the great outdoors are your personal freezer or no public, extremely public freezer. I wouldn't want the snow buddy to eat my cream puff. Well, no, the play, I know this, I know this happens like some, I know people do this, right? They take like their aluminum trash can, right? Because it's like a big container and they bury it, you know? Their trash can? Yeah. Well, you know. You can clean it. Why would you bury it? Because then you have, you know, a freezer in the outdoors. Uh, ew. Why? You wouldn't want to put that? Oh, you would clean it, like you said. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got it. I mean, there's like, you think of another sufficiently large, like, bin type thing to bury in the snow? Not really. Your aluminum trash can's your best bet. Hmm. Well, you could, yeah. Yeah. You could do a lot of things, but. I digress. You could have a snow art gallery. In fact, this is the next one. Channel your inner artist and turn the snow into a masterpiece using some food coloring and water in a spray bottle. That sounds fun. And then consider using sticks, pine cones, and other nature goodies to add to your little sculptures. This is distinct from the snowman bonanza. Well, yeah, because the snowman, I mean, your snowman is going to be upright. Your snow gallery, that could just be on the ground oh like it's more like chalk like yeah i was gonna say like sidewalk chalk but like yes no. yes yes exactly you could make hopscotch <laughs> okay you could also make a snowy tic-tac-toe you could play tic-tac snow 
<gasps> no, what am I talking about? You got about? it. You got it in one. Good A job. Tic-tac snow. You can play tic-tac snow. Um, use a stick and um, use like some rocks or pine cones or whatever is the markers. Um, it'll be fun because you get to stomp around and play. Well, obviously it'll be fun for a lot of it'll reasons. It'll be fun but... if you think tic-tac-toe is fun. Well, no, even if you don't, you get to stomp around in the snow while the other person's taking their turn or whatever. You can stomp on the board. You can stomp on the board. Yeah. Yeah. When you get too mad, you stomp all over, stomp on the haters. Rosie Rainbow encourages you to be very sportsmanlike in your tic-tac-toe. Yeah. No, no, no. You wouldn't. Yeah. Tic-tac snow. You would just, you would draw a heart and a rainbow in the snow. It's very cozy rainbow. Um. Next snowy animal tracks become a snow detective oh yeah this is like uh looking around you can look around your landscape this is seriously so far away from what we could ever do in the snow but how many animals no- how many animals yeah. can we like you see look the around for of? prints you look around for prints and then you try to find the animals and that's you know if you're like a hunter if you're interested in hunting learn learn the tracks and you can see if they're bird footprints squirrel footprints or you know some other type of paw print and you can see what types of winter creatures are in your snowy landscape why these tracks look like our dog and and those tracks look like our cat the neighbor's cat the neighbor's cat and those tracks look like yes okay so two two more ideas for you this next one i have a feeling you're not gonna like it a winter tea party you can have an outdoor little snow tea party which is a regular little tea party except in the snow or hot cocoa party yes well that okay well there you go then now you're speaking my language hot cocoa yeah yeah so go outside have a cup of hot cocoa that's not that's not like thing that's not a thing people just have for fun in the summer that's true they people well, have tea can't... for fun in the summer but they don't have Cocoa for fun. Not a hot tea. Well. Like an iced tea. (gasps) An iced tea party in the summer. Seems opposite. Okay. Lastly, snowy bowling. Use some old plastic bottles and you can fill them with a little bit of snow. And there you have it. A bowling pin. Pins. Bowling pins. No. Yes. That's it. What? (laughs) Several, and then several you, pins, yeah, in fact. and then you can make a snowball if you out have of multiple, snow. Yeah, yeah. So it's a way to upcycle your your plastic bottles. Upcycle, upcycle, Re- uh, recycle. Well, it depends on how how fancy you feel like your bowling is. I've never heard the word upcycle before. You know, I think upcycle actually means like if I were to take the plastic bottle and like paint it and then sell it to somebody, that would be upcycling it, like upgrading it. That would be upcycling. But this is this is more of a reuse situation. I mean, well, shoot, I, I guess. I don't know. Well, shoot, I guess. Okay. Well, that's all I have for you. So now that we've learned so much about snow, let's go back to those trivia questions at the beginning, Joe. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, number one. What shape do water co- <laughs> what shape do water molecules form to make ice crystals? Hexagon. A hexagon with six sides. And just to make this a fun math challenge show, how many sides does a pentagon have? Five. Octagon? Eight. Triangle. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> Number two. What do animals that live in snowy climates all have in common? Thick fur. Mm-hmm. I wish it was that they bathed in hot springs. There's not enough hot springs to go around. And I guess, let me add like a caveat to this one. I suppose I did mention penguins and the owls. I guess owls have feathers, but they are thick. Thick owls insulating. Have thick down. Down. Penguins have thick. Blubber. Blubber. Yes. And Joe, number three, true or false? The snowiest city in the world is in Russia. It's in Japan. False. Yep, it's in Japan. And Japan is also the snowiest country in the world. All right, everybody. If you made it this far, leave us a comment or, you know, send us an email letting us know some of your favorite games to play in the snow. Um, If you try out the snow art, you know anything you can reach us at cozy rainbow envy at gmail.com if you're a teacher looking for classroom resources um, visit our teachers pay teacher store or you can visit our website www.cozyrainbow.org you can also follow us on instagram at cozy rainbow envy all right everybody thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening.